0: Welcome, everyone. I hope you're all having a good morning. My guess is that you're probably not, at least some of you aren't, because the market is literally in a free fall. And by a freefall, I use that word lightly, right? I don't use that word all the time, but this is a market freefall. When the NASDAQ's down 4.81% in one morning, the S&P 500 is down 3.8%, right? We're nearing percentages of almost 5% across major indices in the red in one day. I think that's a free fall. We have the tree map here. We can take a look at this. Companies across the board are selling off. There's no safe place to hide in this market. Maybe T-Mobile. That is the one that's in the green right now. It's up 1.76%. But unless you have your entire portfolio in T-Mobile, you are feeling a lot of pain in this market. We have the usual suspects are selling down, right? The really high growth companies, the ones that, that you would assume would be selling down right now are of course selling down. We have Tesla selling down. We have Netflix, Disney selling down right now. But then we even have the big companies, the generals of the army, the ones that are usually the safety net. They're also selling down. Google's down 3.2%. Google has a 22 Ford PE ratio. That's cheap. For a company like Google, that is cheap. But it's not being saved. It's still down 3.2%. Microsoft is down almost 5%. Microsoft, I describe as the poster, poster child, Of the perfect fundamentals. The company is perfect, fundamentally speaking, and it's still down 4.87%. Apple's down 3.4%. All the financials are down. MasterCard's down 5.67%. PayPal's down 6%. JP Morgan's down 2.8%. So that one's holding up a little bit better. Bank of America's down big, 4%. Uh, We go across the board, even the energy stocks aren't being spared this time. Investors are selling out of that. We have ExxonMobil and Chevron down just over 2%. So they're still holding up a little bit better in the sell-off. But you can look basically everywhere and we have a lot of companies in the red. We have from the journal, the S&P 500 drops into correction territory amid the market fall. So now the S&P 500 is officially in correction territory. If you're new, that means that the S&P 500 has fallen over 10% from its all-time high. If it falls 20% from its all-time high, then we're in bear market territory. We're in a full official bear market at that point. The Fed has stepped up deliberations on shrinking its $9 trillion asset portfolio. This means that the Fed has been buying bonds and buying assets up until now that's supportive of the market. When the Fed steps in and starts buying assets, that makes prices go up. Now the Fed is doing the opposite, right? This is something we've been predicting for a long time. They're going to be selling off assets. And when they do that, it's kind of like a company issuing more shares. There's more shares in the, the pool. It dilutes everything. It makes prices go down. It's exactly what the Fed is doing to the entire stock market. In a way, they're doing share dilution to the entire market. Then we have Bitcoin. Bitcoin's not being spared. A lot of people have talked about Bitcoin as a store of value. That's what they've talked about. That's clearly incorrect. Bitcoin has always traded as a risk-on asset, and you're seeing that now. Bitcoin price has lost half its value again, down to almost 33000 a coin. So crypto is getting crushed right now as well. Now, given that backdrop, we know that we're currently in freefall right now. Let's go ahead and take a look at the story fund, which is a more risk-on portfolio of high-growth companies. I just want to give a little bit of a warning here, just a precursor. It is brutal. This is actually, I think it's dangerous to look at. It might harm you, right? If you have children in the room, you might want to cover their eyes uh, because this is difficult to look at. Here is the damage. We're deep in the red. We're down $9,400 all time. So the gains over the past couple of months are long gone. Now we're deep into the red. Just today, we're down $5,300. And this is literally ticking lower every minute. It used to be like 3%, now it's 4%, now it's 5%, now 5.64%. Nobody wants these companies anymore. They're selling out of them like crazy. If We compare this against the S&P 500. This is the last comparison I did just a couple hours ago, but this could be different by now, especially by the time you see this. Depending on what direction the market goes, this could look a little bit different. But either way, you can see the steep decline in the story fund in blue and even the steep decline in the S&P 500. But of course, the S&P 500 has a lot more conservative companies and it's held up better during this drop. Risk on assets are being sold like crazy. The higher amounts of risk, the higher multiple, the higher price of sales, the more it's selling down. I can see this across all my portfolios. For instance, if I look today at the Story Fund, which has a lot of these high growth companies and tech companies, they're all deep in the red. We have IGV, The software index down 4.2%, Google down 3.5%, Netflix down 10% again. Netflix is completely done. People don't want the company anymore. It's down like 40% from its all-time high. The narrative changed. They no longer view it as a growth company because the projections are much lower than what they were expecting. So investors are fleeing Netflix. But we also have Amazon down 4.4%, Alibaba down an additional 5.7%, Microsoft down 5.8%. It's incredible to see this. Apple's down 4% now. Spotify's down 8.4% today. So investors don't want Spotify. We have Salesforce down 4%. Adobe down 2.7%. Facebook. Facebook's at a very low multiple. It's growing quickly. It's down 4%. Atlassian's down 2%, but this one's been hammered over the past month. So even though it's doing well today, it hasn't done well over the past week. We have Disney down 5.4%. That's in response to Netflix in some part. We have Twilio down 7.6% and PayPal down 6.4%. Across the board, these type of companies are getting crushed. Now we can give this even more context and do another comparison. Let's go ahead and compare the story fund against my other portfolio, which is a dividend portfolio. If you're not aware, I have another additional YouTube channel outside of this one, and it's literally just called Joseph Carlson. So if you search that, you'll find it. It'll be the first result. On that channel, I follow the passive income portfolio, which is a dividend portfolio. I want to show you the returns of this one compared to the story fund just today. This one is down 3.9% today. Again, while the story fund is down 5.98%. Now, the reason that the passive income portfolio is holding up so much better today is because of the type of companies I invest in on this one. They're very low multiple, very safe value companies not really safe, but they're lower multiple lower price to sales companies. And those are the ones that are being targeted less than these type of growth companies. So in the passive income portfolio, I have companies like Costco, Home Depot, Nike, Target, that are all holding up substantially better than the rest of the market right now. In the story fund, we have these risk on assets that are Uh, They're just being sold off like crazy. These are the type of companies that, again, investors don't want right now. And look, we're down to 6% today. They're just being sold off every single minute. So let's go ahead and talk about this for a minute. Now that we've looked at all the damage and the red in the market, it's pretty brutal today. And there's a couple questions that investors have. First of all, the question is, why is this sell-off happening? For a couple of different reasons, but largely because the market goes through these time periods. It goes through times of euphoria and just uh, positive sentiment where everyone's buying everything they can. Prices get pushed higher and higher and higher and things get a little bit ahead of themselves. They race up above their fundamental value. And then we have times like this where sentiment changes dramatically, whether it's interest rates causing it, inflation, you know, upcoming uh, potential problems with other countries or whatever's going on. There's all different catalysts and you can point to any different thing to blame this time, but the market goes in patterns. It goes from euphoria To being very negative sentiment and having people race for the exits with stocks. Whether we like to admit it, most people are subject to the same human nature as everyone else. We are social creatures. When we see the red and we see people selling out, it makes you feel like you should sell out as well. Makes you feel like you're in the wrong place, especially when money's attached to it. It's very difficult to run differently from the crowd. Howard Marks talks about dialing from being aggressive and being cautious. In euphoria, when the market is going up like crazy, companies are being valued way above their historical norms. There's lots of people saying that they're going to go higher and higher and higher. That's a time when you should be cautious, when you don't want to fall into buying at higher and higher prices. And on the inverse, times like this, where there's sell-offs, where there's mass panic, where good companies are selling down like crazy, 20, 30, 40, 50% from their all-time highs, that's when you should be a little bit more aggressive. That's when you should lean into these companies a little bit more. A question that new investors often have is, when is this going to bottom out, right? Where is the bottom? How long is this sell-off going to last? Can you tell me how long this sell-off will last or where the bottom is? So let me go ahead and give you the definitive answer right now on when the sell-off will end. No one has a clue. Nobody knows. That is the answer. No CNBC contributor has a clue of where the market bottom is. None of them do. No YouTuber has a clue of where the market bottom is. No investing guru or billionaire has a clue of where the bottom is. It's all speculation. It's all guesses. It's all just random luck of if they buy in at the right time or sell at the right time. Timing tops and timing bottoms is impossible to do accurately and consistently. Nobody can time market bottoms and market tops. The best thing that you can do, again, is the advice with Howard Marks to lean in a little bit more when prices become attractive when there's panic, when there's blood in the streets. Warren Buffett says this quote that's easier said than done. He says to be greedy when others are fearful, be fearful when others are greedy. Again, this quote is so much easier said than done. Peter Lynch said that everyone in the world is a long-term investor, right? They have a long-term focus until the market trades down. Then when the prices come tumbling down, they want nothing to do with it. They change their strategy. This happens every single market sell-off, and you can see it happening this time. The real challenge with investing is always your temperament. It's not how smart you are. It's not how good of investments you've made. It's not your research. It's not how good you were at running discounted cash flow analysis or doing you know, qualitative analysis on different companies. It is your temperament. That is the biggest thing driving returns is do you have the temperament to be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. And one thing to keep in mind that I want to remind you of because people have a tendency to turn stupid when stocks go down is that Again, this is something you know about. I'm restating an obvious truth here, but I think it's a good reminder. When you're buying a stock, you're literally buying a company. Go ahead. Go look at their fundamentals. Be reminded of what you're actually paying for. When I put buys into Microsoft, I'm not buying the ticker symbol. I'm buying a company. I'm buying their growing revenues over time. I'm buying their EBITDA growth over time. I'm buying their cash flow growth. This is a cash generative business. I'm buying all their employees and their market share. They're amazing Azure business, right? Their team's product, all the stuff that they have going on in their business, declining debt, a growing dividend that they pay out real money to their shareholders, declining shares outstanding, meaning they're doing buybacks, increasing your equity in the company, growing earnings per share. This is what you're paying for. Because Microsoft went down 5% today, doesn't actually mean anything's changed with the business. We can look at the same thing with any company. With Netflix, Netflix is going through a terrible time. Everybody is now rethinking the company, saying that it's no longer going to grow anymore, right? There's all these predictions that the whole business model is completely uh, its completely done for. I don't really agree with that. I'm going to wait out and see another year or two and see how this goes. But I'm buying the revenues of this company, the growing subscriber base. They gained 8.3 million subscribers over the past three months. They're projecting another 2.5 million, which is low. But regardless, they're growing their EBITDA, their free cash flow. Their debt's going to go down another 700 million this year. They have their shares outstanding, being flattened. Their earnings per share growth has been incredible over the past couple of years. It's grown substantially. And now their price to sales and their PE ratio, the valuation of the company is by far the lowest it's been ever in its history. We can look at another example of a business, a company that you're buying if you own shares of it, which is Alphabet, Google, right? A company we're all familiar with. This is trading at now, after today's 4% drop, a 22 Ford PE ratio. That is so incredibly cheap for a company of this caliber, this growth, this moat, right? This margin of safety, whatever you want to call it. This is incredibly cheap. Investors are selling out of Google and I don't see any reason why. It doesn't make sense. The company grew its quarterly revenue by 41%, its earnings by 71%. The growth might taper down a little bit, but it is a fast growing company. The revenue growth is outstanding. We have EBITDA growth, free cash flow growth, net income growth earnings per share growth that has been incredible over the past couple of years. They have, I think, next to no debt on the balance sheet. They have $12 billion. So what? $12 billion in debt, and at the same time, $142 billion in cash. So there's no chance of them ever going bankrupt. This is a business. You're buying a business when you buy a stock. So keep that in mind on days like today. When you're buying a stock, you're buying a company, a business. That's what you're buying shares of. And do not let the stock price be a reflection on the company or its fundamentals the stock price is all sentiment emotion you know quick judgment calls it can be completely unrelated sometimes sometimes a good company can trade 40 50 60 percent away from its fair value whether it be below it or above it it can trade either direction the market is not perfectly efficient all the time there's many good companies like google that get sold off like crazy they return back in their value There's other companies that are crap companies that go way up in value, SPACs and different things that go to $20 billion valuations with no fundamentals. The stock market is not this perfectly efficient vehicle all the time, every single day. So don't let the immediate price of a company be a reflection on the fundamentals or what you think that company's actually valued at. If you bought a company at a reasonable valuation, you didn't overpay too much for it, you bought it at a decent valuation and it's dropped down in price and the company still has solid fundamentals, it's still growing, it still has good future prospects, hang on to it. It's a good chance that we'll go back to its all-time highs eventually when sentiment changes to the positive. There's a decent chance of that. Not every company will. Some of them will never return to their all-time highs. But again, if you bought at a reasonable price, it's a good company, and it's growing over time, I don't see any immediate reason to sell it. When I look at my companies and I try to determine and ask myself, Will these holdings return to their all-time highs? I can go through them one by one. We have IGV. It's down 24%, $4,000. This is a fund of cloud software companies. I fully believe that over time, given enough time, it might take a little bit of time, but given enough time, this will go to all-time highs. I really believe so. I have full confidence in that because it is an index fund. It's an ETF. It rebalances. And as long as cloud computing companies and software companies in general do okay, this will return to its all-time highs. Google is is not even in the red on me, but I think this one easily is a great value right now. Uh, it's probably my number one pick in my portfolio right now because it has kind of the safety net of big tech, and I think it's also undervalued. We have Netflix. This one is more, it's a little bit more risky now, right? The debate is now back in the forefront if Netflix is still a growth company. The big problem with Netflix was not the valuation. A lot of people point to just the valuation being too high. Sure, you can say that in hindsight, but the big problem with Netflix was the growth assumptions from their investors. I had growth assumptions that they were going to be growing at 5 to 6 million subscribers per quarter, right? Around 20 to 25 million new net additions per year. And they projected 2.5 million. So they basically said, hey, by the way, we're going to be growing at half the pace we previously were. So the company's now being completely re-rated and re-questioned with its entire story is Netflix still a growth story? I think the story with Netflix is all about implied growth in the company. If it really does normalize to the snail's pace growth of two and a half million subscribers per quarter, like they're projecting, that's the new norm, then the company really is worth like 200, 300 bucks, right? It's not worth the 500, 600, $700. Now, if the growth does start to speed up and reaccelerate and renormalize to 20, 25 million subscribers per year, then it will, it will be worth a lot more. And we'll see investors jump back in. So the big question and the big narrative of Netflix is, is there too much competition? Is it oversaturated? Do they still have room to grow? Will they really ever get to the 600, 800 million subscribers? Or are they gonna top out at around 300 million? That's a completely different story and it changes the expectations and implied valuation of Netflix. So as that determination is being done by investors, the company's being sold off a lot right now. Now, in my opinion, I can't see the future. Again, this is all unknown, I think there's a good chance that this one quarter is not representative of the entire future growth of the business. I think there's a good chance it might reaccelerate the second half of this year or into next year and it starts normalizing its growth rate. If that happens, it could be a good thing, but if not, then my thesis on Netflix will be wrong. If it normalizes to this snail's pace growth, I'll be wrong in the stock, I'll lose money in it. We have even the great Amazon hair that I'm in the red on. This company's selling off along with all the others. Amazon has solid fundamentals, of course, but the company does have some risk. As Walmart, has competitors that are very good competitors. There's a lot of good retail competitors. Of course, they have the AWS business, but they need to grow in other ways as well. So Amazon's another one that I have a lot of confidence. It'll return to all-time high. I think it's a very solid business. Does have some risk. It's not perfect, but this one I'm very confident on. Alibaba is... So undervalued by every possible metric, every cash flow analysis you can run on the company. It's undervalued. The big discounting thing on Alibaba is the Chinese the Chinese government. That's the reason that people are selling out of it. If that ever changes, the company will go up, but it might continue to be discounted for a long time. Microsoft, as solid fundamentals as it gets, I think it's a good buy anywhere in this range. Uh, I have full confidence this one's going higher. I just truly believe it. I'd be very surprised if Microsoft has hit its all-time high. It's never going to be higher than it is today. We have Apple. Even investors are trading out of Apple a bit. Uh, I think it's fine. Apple solid fundamentals. Of course, it's going to be higher. We have Spotify. This one is considered a risk company. The story of it is in question more than other companies, right? It's not some hugely profitable free cash flow generative business. It does make some money, but they're in reinvestment mode right now. And Spotify's story is still being questioned. Will the company ever be a very, you know, a very profitable company? That's the question on it. I believe it will. I think the company is doing a lot of things that investors are not paying attention to. All my videos on YouTube are on Spotify in video format, which is the only other place you can watch this show in video outside of YouTube. That in and of itself, I think is worth something. Spotify is competing literally with YouTube in this manner. So this company I'm very bullish on. The price does not change my thoughts or how I feel about Spotify at all. I am more bullish on this company, a lot more bullish than I was six months ago. We have Salesforce solid company. I've lost all the gains on it. It's down like 30%. Still holding this one. Adobe, again, another solid company is still holding this one. I think it will go up way above their all-time highs in the future. Uh, Facebook is holding on well. It's more of a value play at this point. And then Atlassian, I'm still in the green. Luckily when this one went up like crazy, I recognized it was getting ahead of itself and I took a lot of gains out of this holding. So I only have 700 bucks. The price just doubled in like six months. When the price doubles of a stock in six months and the price to sales is crazy high, you might want to lock in some gains there. That's what I did with the Atlassian. So this one doesn't need to return to all-time highs for me because I locked in gains when it was much higher. Then we have Disney. Disney's being discounted right now because of Netflix, along with Roku and Viacom CBS and Discovery and any other streaming stock. Disney has made it clear that streaming is now their number one business, the number one thing they're focusing on. Their growth path of the future. And Netflix is saying, hey, even as good as we are, we're having trouble growing at all. So, of course, that brings into question the entire business model. Twilio is a high multiple company. Doesn't surprise me. It sold down like crazy. Again, the higher risk, the higher multiples, those are the ones selling down the most. Even PayPal is sold down a lot, but luckily I locked in a lot of gains of this one. So that's it. That's all the holdings in my portfolio. I think it's full of a lot of really good companies. I'm buying good businesses that I have a lot of confidence they'll return to their all-time high eventually, at least a huge majority of them. Now, having said that on today's like today, when you have the market selling off and your portfolio is down, you know, 3.5%, it's tough to keep a level head. But I will say the only prices that really matter are the price you buy at and the price you sell at. Those are the prices that matter, not what the market does in between with its day-to-day trading and the volatility. That doesn't matter as much as the price you buy, the price you sell, and today I'm not selling. So that is all for this video. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll have another update very soon in the future.